You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Part of the murderer's row of ball talk. Here's ESPN senior columnist and podcaster Buster Olney on the ride with Royce. Buster Olney is with us, ESPN and ESPN.com. Buster, what's the word on Chris Sale? Are they freshening him up or are they nervous? I think it's it's more that they're freshening him up. I mean, he told reporters yesterday that, hey, if this, uh, if this game meant something, I could make this start. And when he said that, you kind of roll your eyes a little bit. But then I checked with other people within the Red Sox organization, and they said, yeah, that they don't think this is a major deal. They would just want to make sure they keep him right. And let's face it, they probably were their, – their conservative handling of this probably uh, was emboldened by the, the growing gap in the standings. Yes. The fact that they continue to play well and win games and they continue to gain on the Yankees, who lost to the Orioles again today. <laughs> almost an inexcusable defeat. Uh, in which Lance Lynn may have won himself a spot in the Yankees rotation with Sonny Gray getting dropped out maybe next turn. Yeah, it sounded like Aaron Boone pretty much said hella good. There's no guarantee Sonny Gray will make his uh, next start. Boy, the clean-cut Lance Lynn was hard to recognize today on the Hill, though. <laughs> the, uh, not only did the Yankees uh, get in, get the get rid of all facial hair uh, in hint, hints, but they gave him the short haircut, too. It took me a while to recognize him. He bought in, uh, and doesn't he look like in a Yankee uniform like a right-handed David Wells? Yes, he does. Uh, and I, you know, so one of the Yankee people asked me about him because I you know, got to know Lance through the years, and I said, he's going to remind you so much of Boomer and that he just throws strikes. Yeah. And, and I suspect after today, because the way that he went after the Orioles, a de- defeated team having a terrible year <laughs> with this lineup that's just been... Uh, Who are these guys? A, yeah, they traded everybody, and so Lance just threw strikes and pitched great, and that's why I think next time through he's probably going to get the ball. Uh, well, that's nice that he threw strikes because he didn't do it here. <laughs> he was walking five. <laughs> he was walking five hitters, uh, you know, a game uh, here. But uh, somebody with the Yanks probably just throw that fastball over the plate and see what happens. Yeah, the Orioles lineup is unbelievable. I was telling Molitor today one of my favorite stories way back in the uh, 1978 Winter Haven. uh, uh, Crew's still there, but Heisel's gone, Bostock's gone, the Twins lost like 12 free agents, and the great Cliff Keen. Uh, comes wandering over from the Red Sox uh, dugout and starts screaming at Mock, Who are these guys, Mock? Where did these guys come from, Mock? And uh, I said, uh, you know, the Twins only have one new big leaguer in the clubhouse after five trades, but, man, alive, what a... they. You know, they started this spring with a foundation uh, buster, and they have no foundation left here. Well, and you, didn't you kind of feel that way, too, uh, that it felt like kind of a crossroad year for them? And just the fact that, you know, uh, when, when at the beginning of the year I remember talking with you and lauding them about the payroll flexibility, yeah. well, what that also says is <laughs> yeah. that they don't necessarily have a foundation that they're wholly invested in. 
you know, I, I do think that they made the exact right decision and to do and not to be sort of uh, scared off by what happened last year where they sold off and then they made this remarkable run. I thought that was an outlier, oh, what happened for them last year. And I thought, you know what, if you got assets, you might as well move them. You tr- might as well, uh, you know, try to continue to stock going forward. And, and let's face it, this is Derek Falvey basically working through the last remnants of the players that weren't really his to begin with. Yeah, uh, I think once Cleveland made the fix their bullpen, they knew that there was no, you know, you got to get to 500 before you can think of anything, and they probably were never going to get there. But once Cleveland brought in those two relief pitchers, Cleveland uh, Cleveland trades two players and gets three big leaguers. The Twins played it, traded five and got one sort of Logan Forsythe. So it's a, a completely different thing. Fans here are grumbling to say the least but uh that's uh you know the, this team was going nowhere that's for sure i totally agree uh and especially i mean cleveland was in a command position to start the year and i actually think they're in a great position now as we go forward because they're in front of all the other american league contenders in the in the uh in the waiver claim process they're going to get first shot at everybody comes through in front of the yankees and the red sox and the astros uh, and they're going to have all this time now to rest up their rotation and get all their bullpen guys lined up. They're in a great position. And, and look, I I do think, and you know, I, I have a lot of uh, absolute belief after talking with people who know the the prospects better than I do that they feel like the Twins are making progress. But you know, let's face it: when you have a day when a guy like Brian Dozier, such a good person, has been a great player for them. Uh, moves on. That's always a tough thing, but I think it was absolutely the right thing to do. Uh, Roberto Asuna, what what is Houston Man. doing here? Why did they want to bring that onto themselves? Terrible. And I wish that they had faith. Uh, the front office had faith in the organization that they could have won without the guy. Um, it, it was shocking and appalling. You know, about a month ago, I was talking with someone with the Astros and. And I and I asked because they didn't have a closer uh, I mean, with Giles being in and out. And I said, "What about Asuna?" And I got back, "No, no way that Jim Crane will let that happen." The owner of the team. Well, it happened. Uh, and and I, I wrote in a column the other day that no matter what comes out in the details, the Astros now completely own all the details. And people, yeah. because the other day when uh, Jeff Lunau, the, their general manager, put out the statement, he said they did an unprecedented background search which means that they presumably know the details that have not been made public in this case, uh, and they will have to take full responsibility for whatever those are. And his, uh, part of what I thought was so disingenuous the other day from Jeff was he kind of indicated, well, you know, he's remorseful, he's moving on. He hasn't owned up to anything. No, He hasn't that's talked true. about it publicly at all. I'm talking about Asuna. There hasn't been any indication that he's gone through... Uh, you know any kind of uh, any kind of a program that we know of? He has acknowledged anything. In fact, the day that he agreed to a seventy-five game suspension, his lawyer was very careful to tell reporters this is not an admission of guilt. Uh, and as I tweeted out today, when uh, Jeff was talking about the organization's zero tolerance policy, uh, which you know applies to players within the Astros organization, but he also believes in giving second chances. Which is it? Yeah, yeah right. Twenty-nine. So to, players in twenty-nine organizations, as far as the Astros are concerned, their domestic violence doesn't matter. Only within the Astros, which means 
The Astros don't really care about the act of domestic violence, only how it affects their image, which is really kind of appalling. And it just, as good as they are, and the way yes. they could get around things, it just didn't make any sense to me. That I mean, they're they're so damn good that they can neither win it or they can't, but I don't think he'd be the difference maker. And if he is, what what kind of reaction is the public reaction in Houston, have you heard? Well, it's interesting. I, uh, I heard on the radio the other day, Houston Chronicle columnist, and uh, I wish I could remember her name. Uh, Jenny, about, uh, Jenny Creech. Yes, yeah. yep, exactly. And she uh, talked about you know getting a mixed reaction from fans. When I tweet out things, I get uh, on you know uh, criticism of the Astros over this decision. I get back so much reaction from. Um, some Astros fans saying, you know, uh, this is ridiculous. Why are you going after the Astros? He served his time. You should move on. He hasn't Look. served anything except with baseball. We don't know legally what's happening. Right. And his case now has been pushed forward into September, which means I, I would assume it, it might not even get resolved until the off season. I do think, though, that, uh, you know, that, that mentality that we've had in professional sports, well, you know, uh, once they get the legal situation squared away, then uh, we welcome back into that organization. I get the feeling that there are more and more teams that are getting uncomfortable with that. Uh, I know that there were a number of teams who, who looked at Asuna, probably did their own background work, and ran in the other direction. And I'm going to be absolutely fascinated to see baseball's reaction if these details, uh, if there are details that become public, what their reaction is going to be. Because what I've I've been told is if there's new information that comes out, he may face another round of discipline for Major League Baseball. Uh, meanwhile, the uh, pitcher from Oregon State, still uh, nobody's touched him, that uh, Heimlich nope. kid. Uh, they won't touch him because of uh, child molestation, but it's okay to beat up your wife, I guess, in baseball. It's uh, it's incredible. So, uh, I, I, there, There's no doubt, and I think that also this uh, illuminates one of the ridiculous situations where you can be ineligible uh, for the postseason Major League Baseball to yeah. get busted for steroids. <laughs> but if you hit your wife and you, you're busted for domestic violence, you are eligible. Uh, and that was part of the calculation, I think, of the Astros. And, again, I, I, I do think in the end they're going to have some explaining to do uh, if and when details come out. Why do you think uh, so many uh, second basemen proved to be more popular than Dozier? Uh, the, the guy from Baltimore, of course, he can play more positions. Uh, you know, Kinsler, the Red Sox probably had their choice and uh, took Kinsler over Dozier. And a uh, bunch of second basemen moved before the Twins pretty much gave away Dozier. You're exactly right. And I was absolutely fascinated by that uh, in the last week because, you know, for weeks, like a lot of other folks, I was writing about Dozier and how you would assume that he would be the subject of a bidding war between the handful of teams that needed a second baseman, whether it was the Brewers or the Red Sox. And what I got back from evaluators was, and eh, he's not much of an upgrade right now. Concerns about his defense and the defensive metrics he's considered to be one of the three worst second basemen in baseball, uh, which is surprising, and also concerned about the streakiness of his offense. And uh, you know, struggles against uh, fastball velocity, uh, which you know that that is not unusual right now in, in baseball. And so I, I I absolutely thought he was going to wind up with either the Brewers or the Red Sox, but instead he becomes kind of a a bit part for the Dodgers. I actually like it for them. I mean, you know what a good base runner he is. Uh, you know, you know how when he gets on great runs, he can do a ton of damage. And, and I do wonder if. Uh, like a lot of players, he could really use a fresh start. It yes. began to feel like at some point he came to 
came to peace with the idea that, you know what, that big free agent launch year that I hope to have, that's not going to happen. I'm just going to go play baseball, and, and I hope that's what happens for the Dodgers. Hey, we just had the, uh, I mentioned we had the Indians in here uh, for three games. The Twins are going there again next week. Boy, that left side of the infield, Ramirez and Lindor, is something. It's amazing. Uh, I think right now there are probably five players in the mix for American League MVP, and those two guys are are in that. Uh, you know, Jose Ramirez, his extra base power is remarkable, and I love how competitive he is. I had a coach in the Tigers last year telling me that he thinks that pitch-to-pitch pitch, that Jose Ramirez competes as hard as anyone he's ever seen in baseball, uh, and, and nobody has more fun than Lindor. They're they're kind of opposite yeah. in how they play the game. Lindor's always laughing. He's always got a smile. Uh, Ramirez is just one of those sort of grizzled veterans, even in his early 20s, and how he, he competes from pitch-to-pitch. Pitch. Man, they can really play. I thought that they might be a team that would go out and add a second baseman and move Kipnis to the outfield uh, or add a third baseman and move Ramirez over to second base. But in the end, they decided they wanted the better defensive center fielder, and they'll leave Kipnis and hope that he gets it going. I was talking to Carl Willis for a minute this morning, and he said, what people don't talk about is they're both switch hitters. He yes. says you can't uh, you can't do anything with them. You can't bring in a pitcher to get one of them out because they're both switch hitters. And Joe Girardi, I remember during the Yankees series against the Indians last year, the division series, he talked about how difficult that made it for him as a manager to navigate through because you couldn't find that run of you know three straight right-handed hitters or three straight left-handed hitters uh they're tremendous it's great that jose ramirez is under contract i, I know uh, uh we we may have talked in the past about how going into 2017 lindor turned down an offer in the hundred million dollar range i part of me as a baseball fan would love to see lindor sign a long-term yeah. contract with cleveland but uh, i'm guessing that probably after next season they're going to have to start having the conversation about when is the right time to trade him. I think he's more valuable than Manny Machado. Oh, I, 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 I agree with you. I think he, first off, he's, he's a much better defensive shortstop than Manny Machado, uh, and I think as he gets older, he, uh, like Altuve, I think is just going to get better and better and better. So I was at Barcelona for the Olympics in 92, and I went out to see the U.S. play Cuba in the semifinals. And the Cuban center fielder was Victor Victor Mesa, and uh, now he's got the two sons, the defectors. But he's got a real problem when it comes to names. One of them's Victor Victor, and the other's Victor Junior. <laughs> Can't we have a little more variety here? Come on. He must have read George Foreman's bio, <laughs> you know, because isn't George Foreman had seven, six, six kids, all George? Yeah, yeah, six kids, all named George. Yeah, that that that's amazing. Yeah. Um, but at least uh, you know, for me, uh, doing some of my work on television. As long as I can pronounce him, I'm okay. Yeah, Victor, Victor. It's uh, <laughs> but uh, apparently a bunch of uh, one reason teams have been trying to compile this international uh, money is uh, when one, when these two kids finally become signable. Yeah, and I've heard that. I haven't dug into specifically which teams uh, are going after them, but I do know the that a lot of the Yankee work that they actually did in the last week was to add international signing money. Uh, they made three different deals where they added like a million and a half bucks. I think Brian Cashman, the, the Yankees general manager, uh, was frustrated. He wasn't able to get Manny Machado. He was shocked, uh, I think, that he probably wasn't able to engage the Mets about Jacob deGrom. And so a lot of their focus wound up being adding international signing money, and I think they got like an extra four and a half million dollars. So they uh, 
you know that that's something that uh, they're really focused on right now, well, and every, yeah, other teams are too. Everybody who uh, used to label him as uh, George's lackey have had no. to eat a lot of dust. Man, this guy's terrific, Cashman. And he has learned um, mm-hmm. a, a lot of the you know general managers, and, and he started in 1998. Uh, they they don't really evolve as they go along, and I think Brian has really evolved. I I, I really believe that the book that Joe Torre did. Uh, in which he cr- very much criticized Brian, uh, I think created some scar tissue for Brian. Where after that he was like, you know what, I, I uh, you know I, I played, uh, I, I worked with uh, Joe. I tried to sort of placate Joe. I tried to make everybody happy. And now moving forward, you know what I'm going to do? What I think is right, <laughs> and I'm going to build the organization the way I think I'm going to build it. And, and when you talk about, and you know this, when George is running the team. There was no such thing as linear chain of command on a given day. It might be George's driver who would have the most influence in the organization. And now it's probably as hard a linear chain of command as there is in baseball. It's like a military. Okay. Hey, uh, Buster, thanks. Talk to you in a couple of weeks, sir. Thanks, Patrick. All right. The great Buster only. We'll be back. Taking the ride with Roycey. Where are we going? No, don't tell me. Let me guess. On 1500 ESPN. And now, Joe and Pat present Sports Talk's Person of the Day. Well, I think everything is what we thought. You know, he's a great leader. He's receptive to any type of coaching you want. Uh, Positive, negative. He just uh, just goes with the flow and does what he's asked to do. And uh, he's very good at what he does. Very accurate with the football and makes good sound decisions. Uh, But he's fun to work with. He and Cole are doing a great job. And Kevin, so it's a great quarterback room. We're excited to have him. And obviously over the last five years, nobody's won more games than Alex other than Brady, I think. So it's a treat to have him. Is that Coach Jay Gruden? That is Coach Jay Gruden, yes. There's always some between-the-line stuff there oh, yes. that when you uh, hear Jay Gruden talk about Alex Smith. I think Alex Smith has gone from the most underrated quarterback in the NFL to the most overrated quarterback in the NFL. But it is amazing. DJ Swearinger, who's their crazy defensive back, who's mm-hmm. really good but nuts, right? Yeah, he gets flagged quite a bit for... Uh, yeah, hits and, and things like that. And, yeah. You know, taunting, and yep. he's got the long deal in the back, and he's crazy. And he went nuts when they first made the Alex Smith trade, uh, and he was very upset about some guy named Faulkner they got rid of, who was his big buddy or something. He's, I mean, okay. anyway, he was not end up bored. Well, uh, his uh, his comment was. Alex has more command of the offense for sure. He's definitely a leader that we lacked last year, regardless of whatever reason. Kirk was going through a contract situation. Alex has the contract now. He is the leader for this team, but you definitely see the difference in the command of the offense and where where he goes with the ball. Uh, that was uh, that was Swearinger a couple of days ago. Collar's on the lookout for this stuff. He's sending it to me uh, <laughs> whenever they take the shots at uh, at Kirk Cousins. And uh, then I saw a piece by a guy from the Richmond Times Dispatch. The headline says, "At Redskins camp, praise of Alex Smith comes with a subtle side of Kirk Cousins hostility." Mm. Uh, uh, even the fans are uh, on him. Uh, 
Uh, Trent Williams, the big offensive lineman. Yeah. Uh, Alex Smith. He's a leader. He's always been a leader. You can tell that he's comfortable in that role. He's what we needed. Uh, Cousins, of course, has, uh, uh, I'm sure, aware of all these oh, subtle I'm sure shots. He's very, that very, very aware. Of them. Some of them. So, anyway, they're just going crazy. They love uh, uh, Doxon, the receiver. After every pass or something like that, I think he'll come to me or he'll come to the other receivers and he'll talk about what he saw and what he liked about that, Doxton said. I think that's a little different for me and I like it. Just make sure we're on the same page and we're flipping the page at the same time. Uh, Josh Norman uh, said about uh, Alex Smith, I mean, what the heck? This guy's so frustrating. He's so precise right now, not making mistakes. That's the biggest thing we've seen, even in practice. It's a cat and mouth, man. It just stinks when you're the mouse. So that's the braze there. Meanwhile, in Kansas City, where they got rid of Alex Smith to make room for Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes is throwing seven interceptions and six practices. Nice. Uh, uh and then he also, uh, when the offense was running a goal line play, he ran the wrong play. They they sent in a play, and he ran the wrong play. Uh, this is uh, the first thing I said when I came to the sideline. I could have run it in, and the coaches said, then just do it. Don't train bad habits. That was the play that needed to be made on that one. He had a few hiccups today, offensive coordinator. You know who's the offensive coordinator down there? Eric Bieniemy. Our old pal Eric sure. Bieniemy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's of course, right. Andy still calls the plays. Yep. But that's part of the process. When you're young, you need those hiccups. So anyway, Alex Smith, unwanted, unloved everywhere he's been, is now loved in Kansas City because Patrick Mahomes throws an interception every other pass. <laughs> and he's loved in Washington because he's not Kirk Cousins. They did not like Kirk Cousins in Washington. I don't care what they say. Because you can read yeah. between the lines. I wonder too if is this a situation where both sides are just better off moving on and being. Oh hell yeah! Because nobody's going to say that hell Kirk yes. Cousins wasn't a good or productive quarterback. He he was okay. You know, he was, was four thousand right. yards every year he played, and he played every game. And Washington, and those were some I'm really bad Washington teams. Here. I'm saying I'm I'm mystified as to why. Everyone in Washington takes the opportunity to take a cheap shot. And the thing with the yeah. with the Redskins is that's just been a dysfunctional franchise since Daniel Snyder has owned that team. That's true. That's true. But now they aren't dysfunctional. They're all on the same page because they got a quarterback who's a leader. <laughs> yeah. I wonder about I wonder about that though too, because remember when they were talking to Greg Jennings about Aaron Rodgers yes, versus right. Brett yeah. Favre, yeah, and right. Greg would say like, "Oh yeah, Brett was you know I yeah, love Brett, Brett, Brett yeah, and right. you yeah. know Aaron is uh, you yeah, know Aaron, yeah, yeah. He's old, old guy. but yeah, it's yeah. like they were both good, yes. so it's just kind of like well, yeah, well I'm not you know, saying you just wonder. It's just you it's gotta, interesting. It's it's interesting. Why yeah, the, it's they, interesting. Well, it's interesting why the general manager called him Kurt all the time. It was like they were trying yeah. to agitate him. They, the guy couldn't be that dumb, right? Right. It's uh, it's there was just a hot and yet you know everybody who went to Holland, Michigan, Courtney went there, Gessling went there, uh, I think Chad Graff went there. They all wrote how come these. we didn't get to go? 
He's taking every other person in town. Let's go. Yeah, we don't want Kyler. He might write the truth. Yeah, but, that's true. Uh, anyway, uh, they all were very impressed with the you know the the blue collar type of buddy he is for everybody. So uh, it's just it's just a great curiosity to me why they they have this this sideways hostility, sideways hostility towards Kirk Cousins. Because it's like they weren't really taking shots, but they were kind of well, sideways taking everything shots. Everything was said, you know, what? what's the worst thing you can say about a quarterback? He's not a leader, right? Right. I mean, you can also say he stinks, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, when you're praising, this is the leader we need. We needed, that's a shot. Right? Yeah. That's a shot. So, all right. Good. Go get him, Kirk. When you go to the Super Bowl, by God, you can go send all the, send tweets to our texts to all your old Washington buddies and say, what do you think of me now? We'll do that. This is the Ride with Royce. This shows if you go in with minimal expectations, everything can be fine. <laughs> right. That's the key. One Keep way to expectations look at it. Low. Yeah. Lower your standards. Oh, <laughs> On 1500 ESPN. The whole nation is laughing, John. The Yankees lost to the National. I mean, the Orioles today. And the Orioles had a lineup that I, they had about six guys I'd never heard of in that lineup today. <laughs> It didn't go well. No, for the Yankees. No, I wonder why they gave up the second the the second baseman. He's they still had control, and I mean he's a pretty good player, and he's young. What the what the why do you just give him up? I don't get it. How many, he was still under contract through next year, right? Yes. Right. Yeah. By the way, did you see Tyler Austin hit a monumental yeah. mammoth home run for yeah. the Red Wings last night? Really? Yeah, he did. Hmm. I don't know how many times he struck out, but he was well. That was when he was with the Yankees early in the season. Is either a home run or a yes. strikeout? Well, yeah. with the Twins, he's—I uh, mean—in the big leagues, thirty-nine percent compared to thirty-six for Miguel. Miguel. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, put him back to back in the order. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's go. Strikeout, strikeout. Hot night. It's keep that ventilation going at uh, Target Field on a hot August day. Uh, this update sponsored by USA Network from executive producer Jessica Beale. The Sinner returns with a new story and shocking crime. Bill Pullman, Kerry Coon, and Tracy Lett star The Sinner returns Wednesday. I gotta watch The Sinner. It sounds pretty good. You have to. Jessica Beale, she's one of us. That's you gotta right. support her. Right. Is The Sinner any relation to The Fixer? No, The Fixer's gonna have his own TV series. Got it. The <laughs> Sinner returns Wednesday, August 1st on USA Network. Uh, one news note, uh, maybe Kenny's in here now, too. He can help me with this. I think 911 uh, has been it's restored. Coming, it's right? coming back for yes. uh, agencies around the state. Yeah, so uh, not we don't know if it's all over the state yet, but uh, anyway, you can now call 911. What was it? Whose fault was it, Johnny? Well, Kenny was blaming the Russians. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure that that's yeah. true. It's but... definitely the Russians. Yeah, definitely. Probably it was the, liber- uh, the liberals, probably. They didn't want 911 anymore. <laughs> Twins lose to the Indians at Target Field. Two a zip today. The Twins are We're not that far right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting there. Not yet. <laughs> Twins are off tomorrow. They'll open up a three-game series against the Royals at Target Field on Friday night. We didn't. We should have had Logan's Forsyth in the, in the lineup, Johnny, instead of just coming off the bench. <laughs> 
Other games today, Washington beat the Mets 5-3. to Baltimore's Patrick set a 7-5 winner over the Yankees. Detroit beat Cincy 7-4. Oakland leads Toronto 7-3 in the 8th. And Houston leads Seattle 8-3. That ballgame also was Toronto. Did everybody know Toronto was going to be this rotten? They stink. I, I think everybody thought they'd have a good season from what wow. I remember. They started decently and then They're terrible. Just, yeah, were awful. Uh, St. Paul Saints on the road tonight there in Fargo-Moorhead to play the Red, Haw- uh, Red Hawks. They've fallen a bit here lately. Really? The Saints are three and a half games now back in the North Division in the American Is the hot seat on George Samus? Is he uh, in the hot seat? Uh, I think he's okay. Okay. I think he's covered. Uh, New Minnesota United forward Angelo Rodriguez will likely see his debut this Saturday when the Loons take on the Seattle Sounders at TCF Bank Stadium. Oh, we got a home game, and then I think the next four are on the road. United finished up the last step in making Rodriguez's move final, trading $50,000 of general allocation money oh, no. to the Colorado Rapids for an international roster spot today. Uh, you'll, of course, hear that game Saturday night right here on fifteen hundred. Another thing, yes, another yeah. reason to be very uh, off-put by uh, soccer is the way they trade and exchange. Just trade somebody. Bill for Pete. Come on. Let, we don't need allocation money <laughs> and transfer fees and all that crap. Uh, Egan and Farmington will be the first high school teams to play in the new Vikings practice facility. Uh, they'll uh, actually be there September 28th. It'll be Egan's homecoming game. That contest will be the first of five high school football games at TCF Bank Stadium this fall, with Prior Lake hosting Lakeville North October 12th and three state quarterfinals being played in the facility from November 9th through the 10th. Uh, We do have a breaking news item, Johnny. I don't know Mm -hmm. if you have this on Urban Meyer. Uh, He has been placed on leave while the investigation is opened of the report of domestic abuse by the assistant coach that was fired last week. Wow. He's... uh, He's in some trouble. Who's uh, who, who's going to uh, take uh, over? That's they, a good this point. isn't their first temporary coach there. So let me find that. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he's doing that. I'll tell you about a football note from a neighboring state. The Packers are already down a linebacker for the mm-hmm. season. Jake Ryan tearing his ACL. He'll miss the entire uh, season. He How was. about the safety, Kendall Bryce? He was hurt too. Is he okay? He, I have not seen an update mm-hmm. on that. To be mm-hmm. truthful, uh, Ryan was uh, to be one of the starting uh, inside linebackers and. Uh, he will not play at all. Ryan Day will be the team's acting what head coach. What was he doing? I don't know. That's okay. just the name that's, right. that's that's popping up here. Don't they also have... That's not a good way to kick off practice. <laughs> don't they have Shiano on the, on his staff, too? Yes. That's right. Oh. <laughs> but he's uh, he he was at Penn State when Sandusky was there, so he's, he's tainted, so they can't give him the job. Gotcha. Hmm. All right, Johnny. Thank you. <laughs> you bet. That's it. You're done. Okay. Sitting shotgun on the ride with Roycey. All I gotta do is get it home. Right. <laughs> <laughs> on 1500 ESPN. The ride with Roycey now continues. Personal file. 69. Offense. He was giving them the business. It's time for late hits. That ball hit well. Heading for the bullpen. And it's 25 to 4. Sean Kelly just threw his glove down. I've, I don't know that I've seen a pitcher do that. He is some kind of upset about something, whether it's the home run, what happened before the home run with the umpire, or the fact that he's even in the game. I don't know. And he looked toward the dugout. And that tells me that he doesn't think he should be in this game. So the Nationals edged the Mets 25-4 to last night. <laughs> uh, they got the last six runs off Jose Reyes. 
uh, who pitched the right. uh, eighth inning. They had 19 after five, five innings. innings. Yeah, Seven, three, 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 three. Oh, my God. Then they had two two scoreless innings, and they got six off Jose Reyes. All kinds of interesting things about this game, uh, one of which is Jose Reyes became the first player in Major League history to hit two, to allow two home runs in one game and then hit two home runs in the next game. Oh, man. two home runs today. God, baseball's in the, awesome. And they lost. <laughs> But Sean Kelly gave up a th- three runs in the ninth, and he hadn't pitched much. He said he was upset because the umpire behind at second base was telling yeah. him to uh, the the plate umpire was telling him to hurry up, and the guy at second base was telling him if he if he didn't slow down, if he, he didn't stop quick pitching, they were going to call a balk on him. So he gives up the home run. He throws his he. He throws his uh, glove down uh, in disgust, and he was stared into the dugout, and people uh, portrayed that as him being upset at David Martinez for bringing him into a 25-1 to game. He said no. He was mad at the umpires. No matter the... Uh, Nationals released him today. Zero tolerance. Mike Rizzo making this pompous statement about not being a good teammate and stuff like that. <laughs> He th- you know, why don't you get his end of the story before you do it, huh? Well, Maybe what he was, was his, mad at the umpire. What were his numbers? Was he a fringe uh, well, yeah, he wasn't 25 a star, man guy he'll anyway? He picked up in two minutes. Sure, yeah, he's been exactly. around forever. He was, uh, for his career, he's 26 and 23 with a 373 ERA. He signed a uh, three year deal. This is his last year with Washington. Hell, I can tell you one team who's claiming him. Head on north, baby. We'll take, <laughs> we'll take him. We'll take him if nobody else does. Did you see, by the way, you mentioned Jose Reyes pitching. I did see one of the highlights I saw from this game. He he was serving up beach balls, right? <laughs> and he, he accidentally grazed like the left arm of Ryan Zimmerman. And Zimmerman starts to laugh and then faked like he was going to charge the mound. Because <laughs> you know, it was 22 to nothing or whatever yes. it was at that time. It was hey, pretty funny. Uh, who was the guy with... Without Jimmy, which which who pitched for the oh William Williams Ostadio? Yeah, he came the, mm-hmm. he had some bad stuff. Oh God, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was just sloppy. He, he would have been hit hard in the he DRS, baby. The Webster Sox, no, oh man, God, that no, was some bad stuff. Adam Jones uh, is telling Orioles fans to go bleep themselves, basically. Uh, because he turned down trades, he could have went to the Phillies. He could have went to Cleveland earlier. Uh, he's he's got a he's a five and ten guy, and he said it's my decision, it's my life. No one's going to tell me what to do. I earned every single big single bit of it. People before me fought vigorously, tirelessly to get rights like this, and he don't want to go anywhere. So it he's is staying it, in Baltimore. I, I mean, weird. I don't I don't rip him for it, but it is interesting that he wouldn't want to go to a team that had a chance to win. Yeah, the uh, Orioles traded. Uh, six veterans here in the last couple of weeks. They got 14 prospects, one major leaguer, and $2.75 million in international signing bonus allotment. And uh, Jones and his $6 million in remaining salary are staying put. I don't know what he just trying to be contrary. I, I mean, think you, he you had. Think he'd go in and say, "Get me he, out of here." Well, one yeah. of the reasons he gave was that he does have a, a big charity that's in Baltimore okay. that he's that he's mm. extremely tied to. I think that okay. was one of the reasons why he wanted to stay in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And 
You know, the Joe thing is up and the things again. Joe, you know, we're going to go. And, and uh, Levine was on today with uh, Judd and Phil and said, well, we're going to go to Joe and, and some other veterans we have here and ask them what they want to do. If this is it for Joe, why does he, unless this is it for Joe, why would he want to leave? Right. I mean, if it, if, if, if it's done, if, if he doesn't think he's going to play next year, okay, then go and take your last shot. But if you're going to play next year, why do you want to go somewhere and then have to turn around and come back here? You know? Uh, so I don't think he's going to play next year, but maybe he is. And if he doesn't, I think if you go someplace like to, well, first of all, there's very little market for him. Well, right. There's not a contending team yeah, that no, really has a need for a guy like that. Need a home run. Uh, but second of all, if you're not going to retire at the end of the season, then why would you want to go take your last shot someplace else? You might you you want to stay here. You want to play mm-hmm. here again next year, right? Because this is about the only spot that yeah. you're going to get regular, consistent playing time. Yes, and the fact that they've now traded Escobar means that uh, they're not going to move. Sano is going to have to play third base if unless he comes back weighing three fifty, but. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, so you're, you probably can come back and I didn't think he could be able to, I thought they'd have moved Sano to first and he couldn't come back, but he probably can come back. At this rate, Miguel's got to play second base. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> hey, Travis Shaw can do it. Let's do it. Let's go to, how about that? The Bra- the Brewers are de-emphasizing catching the ball. They don't care. Because they? they got, uh. Uh, they got the shoot, moose. Shoot, they got moose at third. Whatever his name is, he's going to play short. The moose is okay so. at third, yeah. but he's going to play short, and uh, Travis Shaw is going to play well, second. Moose can glove it. The problem is he can't really get there. Yeah, the ones that are hit if to him. If it's hit to him, he can get it. Yeah, <laughs> he's got a good arm. How about the Pirates though? That is a shocker, man. They gave up three of their top prospects. Austin Meadows is one of the top prospects in baseball. Glass now and. Tyler Hearn to get Chris Archer, and then they got the kid from Texas, too, Kayla. They're acting like they think they're in it. Well, they're only two games out of a wild card spot. I thought three and a half. Oh, I thought it was closer than that. My my apologies. Uh, Yeah. Anyway. But do they really think? Boy, talk about a team that let a little hot streak fool it. I I can see playing it out and not getting rid of your players. Well, but you can still, I guess, move Archer if you don't. If you don't accomplish oh, it, because sure. you got him yeah, for a couple yeah, more years. Could, but you know what? Right. I, am I in the minority? I mean, Archer's a good pitcher, but he's not as great as everyone thinks he is. I don't think he was mm-hmm. a couple of years this, ago. This year, he's been kind of up and down. Plus, but... he's thirty. He's going to be thirty in the offseason. Yeah. But he's cheap. I would he's take him. I'm not saying out. he's not good. I'm just saying I don't think he's he's not Chris Sale. No. Uh, who we got here? By the way, we got Odorizzi, Gibby, Barrios. Uh, who else is? Well, they can pick up Irv's option, Irv? but I, I don't no, think no, they will. But, uh, right for the rest of this year. Oh, for the Irv, rest of this who's year. Who's the fifth guy? Uh, right now you got oh, your guy I, Mejia. Alberto's uh, been pretty damn good. Yeah. Okay. Hey, we ain't out of this thing yet. Five innings and he only <laughs> threw seventy-four. What wow. order do you want? Wow. And we got Buster telling us about Lance Lynn being a throw-it-over guy. When did that happen? Today. Hey. What happened on the plane? <laughs> a lot can change in one flight, sir. <laughs> That's right. All right. We'll be back. Now, on the ride with Royce, let's hear the boys' daily complaints. First of all, the great outdoor show coming up momentarily uh, out there in the bullpen. Jess Myers and Dennis Anderson. 
What do you got there, Manny? Uh, my daily complaint is with uh, the folks at first take this morning. Now, Max and Stephen A. were off. So okay. it was, it was so we Kimes got guys and, even uh, goofier? It was, was uh, fill-in take. Yeah, it was fill-in take. It was got Dominic it. Foxworth and uh, Mina Kimes, and the uh, discussion was should... And I think they were. I think it was kind of tongue in, tongue in cheek, but still, it was. Should Kobe Bryant make a comeback for the Lakers this <laughs> coming season? <laughs> no, he's done. He's been done for two years. It's over. He's that is be forty this summer. That is an know. August first talker if I've ever heard one. Yes. There's nothing going on. Let's talk NBA. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, we'll th- we'll throw that out. Kobe. Uh, yeah, Kobe. Kobe. Leave poor Kobe alone. He just he he's got that shtick going. What ESPN? He's got the a special little detail. Show. Yeah, it's actually it's actually pretty we interesting. Yeah. Breaks something it's, down. Uh, right? Breaks stuff. Breaks down there, film. Uh I love sports. I have since I was a kid, and the ugliest of ugly of the sports world surfaced today with the Urban Meyer story. I read the uh, the account of mm-hmm. what this uh, fired assistant coach allegedly did to his now ex-wife and mm. oh my god it is horrifying that yeah, guys like this exist and uh, and the fact that he it, allegedly turned his head the other way that's that makes it even more despicable well if uh, if indeed uh she had told Irvin's uh wife about it and uh, and it was an open secret with the wives of the all the other coaches, uh, it's hard to believe he, she, that Mrs. Meyer didn't mention it and to the hubby. Here's the other thing, Pat. Twofold. Number one, I hope Urban doesn't come up with some other medical condition like he did at Florida. But the other thing is, I hope to God he doesn't throw his own wife under the bus with this story. Because that will be that will really show the slime that exists in the world of sports. Yeah, we've done uh, we've done that before with uh, Brian Colangelo, right? We ended yeah. up blaming the wife for all the tweets, right? The burner yeah. accounts. The burner accounts, that's right. What's well, your uh, daily complaint, sir? What, my daily complaint is that the uh, I went in the Twins locker uh, clubhouse today and I said, you know, in March we were walking in here saying, you know, there's some players around here. That's it, It's 2022, folks. Get you know, it's it's anything that's going to be accomplished around here is three four years away. Then there's there's no sense in going out and spending for a free agent now like the public might want them to. There's a lot of free agents. Well, that's because you're a pull-head pocket protector. I am a pull-head pocket protector, but uh, <laughs> uh, you know the, this perception that it's a money issue. It's uh, they they had the highest payroll they've ever had this year and. They stink. So, so what you're saying is our plan to get Bryce Harper this winter is not going to come into fruition. Oh, I'd still take him, but I, <laughs> I don't know if if he can get 350 million somewhere else, he'll probably go there yes, instead of here. Probably, yeah. We can still, you know, we can still go. I don't know. It's uh, uh, you know, it's August first, and then we might as well never even mention him again. So, all righty. Uh, outdoors, great outdoor show coming up right now. You can worry. August fishing, man. There's still fish to be caught. There's some crappies left, despite the fact that somebody caught 300 of them. <laughs>